Uh, got your Bibles with you today. Turn to the book, the favorite book of the Bible. I know it's probably one of your favorite books of the Bible, especially one of your favorite chapters in the Bible, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. They asked me what I was going to speak on today, and I said I'm going to speak on some must. Some must. Not, uh, not the musk you put on. Uh, some must. Then uh, it confused them a little bit, and I said, uh, just put down ye must. Ye must. You know what ye must means? It means you and everyone else you there. And so we're going to speak to you today on some must in the Bible. Uh, there's some things that must take place in your life, uh, and some things that's going to take place in my life. Uh, one of them has already taken place in my life, and there's one of them that I'll speak on a little later on here today that is going to take place in my life, and uh, in yours as well. And the last thing is that, that I'll mention here a little later on, is a must for those that don't know Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. It's a must uh, thing for them too. Uh, but uh, John chapter number 3, uh, before we get into the Word, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we ask you blessings upon the service today. We ask you to help me illuminate my mind, Lord, as we speak today. I pray, Lord, that you speak to the hearts of each one here as well as my heart. And Lord, we need to get close to you. We need to stay close to you. And today, Holy Spirit, we ask you today to that you this work in each and every life that we'd be what we ought to be for you today in Jesus' name. Amen. In John chapter number three, and I'm sure if I ask you to raise your hand, especially if you grew up in the area like I did, uh, John three sixteen would be your most favorite verse. I guarantee a lot of you would. How many? That's just how many like John three sixteen your favorite verse? Yeah, I thought so. That's a great verse of scripture uh, here. But we'll start reading here in verse number one. Uh, John chapter 3 verse 1 said, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now you've heard that term born again uh, in the scripture. You know who coined that? Jesus did. Jesus coined that. He said, except you are born again, he said, you won't even see the kingdom of God. And that's the truth, folks. We got a folks, a lot of folks today think that, you know, they're going to be all right, uh, that we're going to heaven because they're a pretty good person. I got a friend of mine, he's not saved, and we were talking about the Lord here recently, you know, and, and some things came up, you know, and he's trusting his good works, his goodness to get him to heaven. Well, you don't get to heaven by your good works. The Bible says we're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so you don't get that when I said, no, you're not all right. You're not all right. And uh, and so we talked there about that. And But he said here, you won't even be able to see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. Now, what does it mean to be born again? Now, Nicodemus didn't quite understand that he was a upper class Pharisee, you might say. He was a ruler of the Jews. And he didn't quite understand that, and I can understand how he wouldn't uh, understand. And Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? No, that's an impossibility, and he knew it was an impossibility for that to happen. But God, he's not talking about a physical birth here. He's talking about a spiritual birth. And if you're out there today and you're not saved today, uh, uh, then you need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and trust Him as your Savior uh, today, and let the Spirit of God born you into His family. You can't born yourself into His family. It takes the Spirit of God to born you into His family. When you become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, He places you into the body of Christ and borns you into His family. And so Nicodemus, he, he was, couldn't quite understand, but you know he was seeking. 
He was seeking. You know, there are a lot of people out there that are seeking uh, today. And I was out on the pier fishing, you know, and I'm always talking, you know. I think my son, one of my sons talk more than I do, but uh, probably I'm probably at least uh, pretty close to the top. And so we were out there fishing, you know, and uh, I was talking to this uh, this guy who's been cleaning their fish. Man, we had a good fishing trip, too. Man, I'll get off a message here a little bit. I always chase a few rabbits when I preach. Huh? And so we had a good fish. I think one of the best fishing trips we ever had. And I'm not going to invite all, and I'm not going to invite all of you for a fish fry because they didn't catch that many. And, uh, but man, we, we did. We caught, we cleaned 170 Spanish micro. That's pretty good, eh? That's pretty good. And then, uh, uh cleaned 45, uh, whiting. Nice whiting there too. Yeah. Man, that was, we had the freezer full of fish, man. And uh, we, we just think, man, that's a good fishing trip. But anyway, we was down to, I was down to cleaning the table, and now this guy, he was, he was right behind me going to clean some fish there. And, and so I, I started to walk off of clean fish, and I said, I'm going to witness this guy. Uh, you know, and so what I did, and so I just got through clean fish, and I didn't even think about it till later, you know. I, and that made me kind of laugh when I thought about it later. But I was just cleaning fish, and I had my fillet knife in my hand there, you know, and I walked up to him, and I said, uh, if you were to die today, where would you go? <laughs> I never even thought about the fact that I had my fillet knife in my hand, you know. And he—he—he—he was an Oriental fellow, you know. And and he just stood there, just looked at me, you know. Never said a word. He never said a word. He just looked at me. And and then I said, "Well, in case you don't know, let me just tell you." I said, "I said in Acts chapter number sixteen and verse number thirty-one." I said, "The Apostle Paul, he was in jail, and I, I said God shook the jail with a mighty earthquake there, and." And and opened the jail doors of the jail, and and he started to kill himself. He knew the Roman was going to kill him, so he drove to kill himself, let the Romans kill him. And he and he and he said, "Hold, don't hurt yourself." Said, so "We're all here." And he said, "Sirs, what must I do to be saved?" And he said, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved." And then and I gave him a gospel tract and and walked off, you know. And, and so I, I didn't think about that part of me having my flight knife in my hand when I asked you, you know, could I say, where would you go? You know, it was kind of funny when you think about it. Uh, there. And so I get back on the message here, you know. Uh, but anyway, uh, Nicodemus, uh, here he couldn't understand what was going on. And Jesus answered in verse 5, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And verse 6 explains verse 5. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's what we were first born with. We were first birth. We came into this world. We are the fleshly birth. And the second birth has to be a spiritual birth. And he said, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And here's where I get my first point here. He says, marvel not, marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. It's a must. You must be born again if you're going to get to heaven. You've got to be saved. And Jesus said here, you must be born again or you won't even see the kingdom of God. And I ask you today, are you truly saved today? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your own personal Savior? I know I talk to people and see people a lot of times and say, oh yeah, I'm saved, I'm saved. But there's no evidence of salvation in their life, uh, many of them. And I know too that you can get some backslid. There won't be any evidence in your life too. I know that you can get that far slid back as well. Uh, there. And so Nicodemus, he was a man there of the Pharisees, and we read more about him, you know, at the death of Christ, of how, uh, how he helped out in the burial of Jesus' body there. But Jesus, you know, he was pretty hard on him there. He said in verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou master of Israel, and knowest not these things? And he should have known about these things, you know, because Pharisees, they were strict about knowing the law, knowing the law of God. 
And because they were proud of that, you know, proud of what they weren't. And, and Luke 18 tells us about where they would talk about not being extortioners and, and unjust, adulterers and, and stuff like that. So the first one we see here today, the first must is ye must be born again. You know, Jesus is good about giving illustrations. And in verse number 14 here, we see that, he, that he's talking to Nicodemus here. And he said here in verse 14, and, and you're familiar with this story over Numbers 21, verse chapter 21. It says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And he gives a story over in Numbers chapter 21. How that the children of Israel, they'd been complaining against God about the food they were eating and everything that they had there, you know. And, and, and God finally got tired of it. And he sent fiery serpents in among them to bite the people. And so the people came to Moses and said, Moses, uh, pray for us. You see, back in, those, in that day, uh, uh, they, they had to have somebody between them and God. Job called it a daysman over in the book of Job. And so you and I, we have a daysman today and uh, someone that stands between us and God, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ is, is, is our moderator, we might say today. And, and so he said, make a, he went to Moses and said, pray for us. And so God told him to make a serpent out of brass and put it upon a pole. And he said, everybody that looks upon that serpent made out of brass on that pole, he said, if they look at it, they'll be healed. You see, it took faith. It took faith for them to be able to look and be saved. I could see those in the crowd out there and say, oh, it's not going to do any good licking those serpent on a pole. What good is that going to do? We, you know, we'd say today something like, well, we need a shot or we need some medicine or we need to do, we need some help there. And so, but everyone that looked, you know what God did? God healed them. And God's given Nicodemus here. He's saying to him, he said, hey, if you look at Jesus like they looked at that serpent of brass on that pole, he said, if you look at him, like they looked at that serpent on that pole there, which is a representation of Jesus Christ, he said, you'll be saved if you look to him and trust him as your own personal Savior. And so he gave a really good illustration there. He said, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And you know what we need to do as Christians today? Hey, we need to lift up Christ. We need to lift him up wherever wherever we go, whatever we do, we need to lift him up. You know, sometimes it's, it's a little strange sometimes, or witnessing the people and all, you know, but we need to lift Him up no matter where, where we go. And I, I try to do some of that, not like I should. Nobody does as much of it as they should. And our desire, our desire ought to be, ought to be to lift Him up so that people can understand that whoever looks at Him and whoever trusts Him as their hope for heaven can be saved. And He'll save you. He'll save anyone else that does. You know, i tell you how I got saved. I looked to Jesus. I looked to Jesus. And when I looked to Him and trusted Him as my Savior, you know what? My job is to trust Him and look to Him. And you know what His job is? It's His to do the saving. It's to do the saving. And you know what He'll do? If I'll do mine, He'll do His. And you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. we got to have this blessed old book, brother, as you talked about this morning, because this blessed old book will give us faith, man. It'll open up our mind of understanding and show us the true truth about the gospel there. So we see here, the second one is here is that the Son of Man must be lifted up. And then we see in verse number 30, 30 here, we, we could read 22 down through here, but John the Baptist here, he's given a witness here uh, to his people. They're, they're saying here, you know that everybody's coming to Jesus to get baptized. He said he's baptizing more than we're baptizing. Uh, here and and so Jesus, uh, John begins to talk to the people and show show the people here. He said, "Hey, he said I must decrease and he must increase." At verse number thirty, he must increase, but I must decrease. Decrease. I must increase. You know, I, I it's the same way with you and I. We must decrease and he must increase. 
But you know, we're living in a day and age today where it's all about us. It's all about us. It, it's Really, it's all about the Lord. Uh, we're just passing through this blessed old world we're in here today. And this is, it's all about Him. And we must decrease uh, in our selfishness. And, and we must increase in our sacrifice for Him. Uh, and so we need to do that. You know, we need to increase in our prayer life. We need to increase in our prayer life. You know, one of the hardest things to do is to get people to pray. And one of the most needful things uh, for me to do is to pray. I need it. And you know, many times we're bashful about it, you know, and things like that. But we need it. No, we need, we need to, need to, need to pray. And so we need, you know, what we need to do is we need to witness. We need to be a good witness for the Lord. And uh, we need to love God's people. We need to love God's people. You know, it's good to get around God's people. You know, that's one mark of a Christian. You know, a person that says they're saved and they don't want to hang around Christian people, that's a mark against you. Uh, over in the book of John, there it says, you can know that you pass from death unto life because you what? Love the brethren. Love the brethren. If you love the honky-tonk and you love the lost crowd out there, i got bad news for you. You're lost. You're lost. But if you love God's people and want to hang around God's people, that's a mark of a Christian that he knows Jesus Christ because he loves the brethren. Loves the brethren. And we ought to love one another. And and uh, certainly we certainly need to uh, care for one another. You know, one of the things that bothers me is that we as God's people, we think we have to be friends with everybody that we go to the funeral home for. You know, somebody will die and they say, well, I hardly know them. It doesn't matter if you hardly know them or you know somebody in the family. Go down and be a blessing to them. Go down and just go through the line and shake their hand and tell them, I, I, I'm praying for you. Don't tell them that if you're not praying for them. But tell them, I'm praying for you and just want to come by and, 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 and tell you I'm sorry. And just move on. Move on. And just be a blessing and a help to people. Learn to love, love people uh, there today. And we need to do that. You know, my selfish thinking must decrease. It must decrease. And so what John's saying here, he said, I'm just on the scene here for a little while. And, and he's the one that needs to decrease. Increase, and I need to decrease because I'm a forerunner of this one that we're talking about here today. And then, you know, over in, and just turn, turn the page, or if you don't have, may not have turned the page, over in cha- uh, chapter 4, we see another must over here, in the, and I done covered some of this already. But in John chapter 4, we can't read the whole chapter here, but it's Jesus going down to Samaria to see a lady. To see a lady. It says here in verse 4, 1, says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, baptized not, but his disciples. You see there, Jesus never baptized anyone. His disciples did the baptizing. Uh, he just spoke to them and they took care of that part of it. He left Judea and departed again unto Galilee. Then it says in verse 4, And he must needs go through Samaria. Uh, Samaria. Then cometh unto a city of uh, Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the partial ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, set thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Then cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. So here Jesus, well, he said, I, he, in verse number three here, four here, he says, And he must needs go through Samaria. Needs go through Samaria. You know why he needed to go through Samaria? Because there was a woman down there he needed to see. It was the one that a Jewish person would not talk to. Uh, the Samaritan women were a despised group of people and all because they were a mixed breed people, as it were. And they were Gentiles. And, and Jesus was, he said, I must needs go through Samaria. You know what? We must needs go see our loved ones. They're going to die and go to hell. 
If we don't go tell them about Jesus Christ, we must need to go. We got to go. We got to talk to them. And Jesus knew this lady here needed to hear about Jesus, uh, hear about him, even though this was not a good woman. This woman was full of sin. And uh, we'll see here, the, uh, here in the scripture here, but you know what she was doing? She was not happy. You look around at the faces of people today and most of them are not happy. Uh, that, they, the world will not make you happy. I was watching TV, uh, here, uh, it's talking about, uh, some of the, some of the Hollywood crowd that had died of drugs and first one another and they were talking about that they weren't happy and, and the problems that they had in their lives and things and all that. You know, the problem is they don't need more opioids and drugs. They need Jesus. They need Him. That's what they need. And, and, and Jesus said He must needs go through Samaria. Samaria to see this woman here. And so He began to talk to her. He sat down. He sent disciples into town to get something to eat there. And because they would be more of a hindrance than they would anything else. And matter of fact, when they come back, they say, why are you talking to this woman? What are you talking to her for? You know what? We need we need to preach and teach to all, all people we come in contact with, don't we? Everyone we come in contact with, we need to make an effort to preach and teach to each one of these. And so he, uh, the Bible says here he talked to her, and he asked her for a drink, and she goes on to, uh, uh, that's why you asking me of a drink, you being a, a Jew. Uh, verse number 9, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Uh, from whence th- then hast thou this living water? And he wasn't talking about the water in the well. He was talking about himself, wasn't he? Jesus answered and said, verse 13, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You know, when you get in a conversation talking to someone about the Lord, the first thing needs to come up is about the sin problem. The sin problem. They need to learn that the reason they need to be saved is because of their sin. They don't see the seriousness of this thing. And Jesus saith unto her, verse 16, Go call thy husband and come thither. Now the rubber's going to meet the road. Go call thy husband and come and come thither. Talking about this living water. And the woman answered and said unto him, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. This woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Yeah, he was a prophet, all right. He was the son of God. He was God in, in shoe leather is what he was. And so he, she said, he, Thou truly said. So he knew that she'd had five husbands. He knows your condition today. He knows what sin that you might be living in today or have lived in today. But I tell you, there's no sin that you have committed, no sin that anybody else has committed, that the blood of Jesus Christ can't cleanse and heal, and save you. He'll, he'll, no matter what it is in a person's life, Jesus Christ can can save you today if you'll come to Him. And uh, so the woman said, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And then she goes on to speak unto him. She said, I know when the, the Messiah comes, uh, he, he knows all things. In verse 26, he said to her, Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee, Am he? Am he? And then that's when the disciples came back and said, Why are you talking to her? And the woman then left her water pots and went her way into the city and saith unto the men, Come see a man which told me all things ever I did. You know what she did? She believed in him. And then what did she do? She went and testified. 
She went and testified. She went and told the men in the city because she wouldn't have any dealings with the ladies. She had a lot of dealings with the men. And so she went and told them about him and they came and asked Jesus to stay a few days, a few days there. And so why did he go down to Samaria? Because there was a lost woman down there that needed to be saved. And you know what? There's a lot of lost people out there today that we get, we get backslid on God and we don't talk to them because we're afraid to talk to them. And we ought to talk to them in a kind way and care about people and love people. As I said a while ago, I got a friend, he's lost, and I eat with him three or four or five days a week. He eat, eats at our table. And he's, he's, I, I love this guy. I really do. But he's not safe and I want to be an influence on his life. I try, I don't try to put him down or anything. There you know, but I want to, but I do get a chance to put a word in every now and then about the Lord, see. And you just sow the seed, just sow the seed as you go along, you know, and then make a difference there. And so we got to remember, it's a must. You must. Your family, your friends, and those you come in contact with, they need the Lord. We must tell them about Jesus Christ. And then if you take your Bible and turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, here's a must today for you if you're a Christian today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we'll look at verse number 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 10. You must be born again. He must be lifted up. He must needs go through Samaria. We must decrease and He must increase. Increase. And so here, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The Bible says in verse number 10, Are you a Christian today? Are you born again today? Are you saved today? If not, make Jesus Christ your Savior. Don't walk out of this building here today if you're not saved. You don't know what's going to take place. You, I, hey, you get out on the highways today, you don't know when you, when you breathe the last breath. Man, I was going out to the Outer Banks uh, Saturday morning. Uh, last Saturday morning, I was driving along my old truck down the road, you know, and got down to Raleigh, and we'd seen a couple of little old deer hit, hit it there, you know. I got down about a, exit 300 down there, and I looked out across the interstate, and here come a big old deer out across the interstate. And I, it's eight lanes, you four on my side and four on the other line. Here come this big old deer. I, oh, I was in my big red truck, and, and I, I was glad I was in my big red truck. Yeah, and and so I was going driving along, and here come that deer, bang, 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 and he was, you know, and, and all of a sudden, oh, I couldn't get stopped, bam, right in the front middle of my, you know, my my big red truck, and and, and that deer went boom around right the other side, you know, and and uh, you can't stop in the middle of eight lane traffic, man, and so I just kept on boogieing on down the road there, and and looking at my my hand on my, I said, this thing getting hot, you know, I wonder what went through the radiator, you know. I kept looking over there to get a place to check it out, you know, and it looked, looked all right, you know. And, uh, but you know what? I, I, if I'd have been in my Toyota, I'd have had a smashed up vehicle, man. But me being in my big red truck, and a big old metal bumper on the front of that thing, and it's sitting up off the ground a little ways, the deer wasn't no match for the big red truck. And, and, and it went, it went that way, you know, but I got a pretty good dent in the, in the front of it there. And, and, uh, but you didn't ever know what you're going to do. I'm just driving along, man. You, you know, it could have been, who knows what? It could have been, it could have come through the windshield. It could have, man, wiped you out right there on the spot, you know. And, and so if you're not saved, man, you, you, you're playing with fire. Well, you're playing with danger if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. But I got another, something else for you here. If you're saved today and you're not living for God, you're playing with fire too. He said, what do you mean? If you're saved, and you're not living for God like you should, you are playing with fire. Let me read it to you. Let me show you what I'm talking about here. The Bible says here in, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.10, it says, For we must, there's one that must, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, 
that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Hey, if you're saved today, ye must, you will, you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and you will give an account of how you've lived on this earth after you've been saved. You're not going to be there to see if you are saved. You're going to be there because you are saved. And if you're just just going through life, just flowing through life, and you're just, oh, okay, we'll let the preacher and the deacons and all those people do the stuff. You better get in line. You better get busy. You say, what, what should I do? Anything you can. Anything you can for God. Get busy doing anything you can because you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And 1 Corinthians chapter 3 tells us that He's going to test your works that you do after you get saved by fire. If it's gold, silver, and precious stone, you're going to receive a reward. And if it's wood, hay, and stubble, it's going up in smoke. And I want to tell you, what we do in this life is going to count in the next life. It's going to count in the next life. And you will, and I will, I'm going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, I'm not a bit nervous about the fact that I'll stand before a judge down in, in Statesville until i got to stand before the judge. You know, oh, I, I'm not, hey, I don't get a bit nervous about coming up here and speaking while I'm sitting back there listening to somebody else speak. But when it comes my turn to get up here and to speak, you know, sometimes I'm spitting cotton and all kinds of things, you know, that's going on with me. You know, I'll get nervous. And, you know, you're just flowing around. You're just, you're just messing around and blowing smoke. If you think you can go through this life and get away with not living for God, you've got another thought coming, brother. You're going to stand in the judgment seat of Christ, and you're going to give an account of what you did for God when you, after you got saved. And I'm going to do the same thing. You know what that does for me? That scares me to death. That scares me to death. Because I know He knows everything. He knows everything about everything. And I tell you what, that's what motivates me, and, and maybe I need to be more motivated. I'm sure I need to be more mo- motivated to do what I ought to do for God, you know. I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful because I'm going to give an account for being faithful. I want to be a good witness. I'm going to give an account for being a good witness. And, and I'm not going to give an account for you being a good witness. I'm going to give an account of what I've done. I'm going to give an account whether I've been a good giver or not. I'm going to be a good, uh, where I've been uh, behind my preacher or not. That's a lot of things that we're going to give an account for when we stand there. And I couldn't even take time to mention all them because I don't even know probably what all of them are. You know, probably we'll be rewarded for folks that we don't, uh, about things we don't even know about. And, and things that we thought we'd get a reward for, it'll probably burn up the smoke and just go up in the air for it. You know, and so he says here, now you notice this, he says, for we must all appear. He's talking about saved people in this chapter. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive, notice that, may receive the things done in his body according to he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Hey, you know what? God's got a book. He's got books. And I really believe the angels probably are the stenographers. I believe they're, they're, they're doing some writing. Uh, there, and the book, you read over the book of Revelation chapter 20, it talks about the lost dead over there, those that are lost. It says the books are going to be open. The books are open. And they're going to be judged out of those things. If you're here today and you're lost, the books are going to be open. Your whole life's going to be laid open right there. And you know what? Your hell and your lake of fire is going to be as bad as you lived on this earth. That's how bad it's going to be. And, and But you know, God's got, I believe He's got things written down and the books will be open. And the first thing, book, if you name it written in the book of life, you ain't going to be there. The Bible says that plainly. The book of life. When I was growing up, there was a little old country store there close to where I lived, and it, it was it was a shack really compared to today. I tell my wife all the time it just blows my mind when you just go down and see all these millions of dollars of places and 
thousands and thousands of dollar places. When I grew up in a little old country up Wilkes County, the little country store out there, Saul Bird was his guy's name, and and he had a, a a barrel of oil sitting in the back of the store, and you could walk in the front door, and you could smell the kerosene and stuff that sat back there. They give people to, as he went, but you know he had a book in there. It was a charge account book, and his old green book, you know. And I was about fifteen years old. Uh, old Saul let me have a charge account, and I'd get off the school bus there at the old, old uh, uh, store, old country store, and I'd go in there, and 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 I loved powerhouse candy bars. You don't see powerhouse candy bars anymore. And I'd get me a powerhouse candy bar, and, and I'd get me a drink, you know, and he'd write my, and I'd say, Saul, would you put that on my account? And he'd write it down in the old green book. And you know, and, and so you know what? I, when I got some money to help my dad work or whatever, plow some gardens with a tractor or whatever, make a little money, I'd go settle my account, you know, pay my account. But they was all written down in the old green book. You know, and God's got the books, boys. He's got your name in those books. And what you do for God, God's going to write them down. And we need to stay busy for God, doing, I mean, just busy for God, and do it in the love for, real love for people and real love for God, not because we feel like men, He's looking at us all the time. No, not like that. No, I mean, God wants us to do it and, and care about what we're doing and loving what we're doing. And, and, and you know what? God's going to take care of the situation. But you must stand before, before the, uh, the uh, judgment seat of Christ if you're a Christian here today. Does that not scare you a little bit? Yeah, it scares me, man. If it doesn't scare you today, I tell you, hell better scare you. Hell better scare you. I tell you what, the lake of fire better scare you. I, I was watching TV there yesterday and had a big wreck uh, showing this woman on TV there. She was in, had this big wreck and she, the, a big t- uh, tanker had blown up and black smoke was rolling back and she hit that thing and she was inside that thing screaming and screaming and screaming, you know, help, help somebody. And these guys finally did rescue her. She said that bond was still there. I'll tell you what, when you, we, uh, when we get a place that we gotta be forever and ever and ever, a place of torment, I guarantee you one thing, we'll be, we'll be, wish we'd done everything we possibly could do, uh, uh, when it, we get, to, if you get to a place like that. But thank God, if you're saved today, you ain't going, man. You ain't going, you ain't gonna have to worry about it. But if you're not saved today, I wouldn't go to sleep tonight without worrying about it. I'd get myself saved today and make sure I say, and if I, and if you're not doing the things you ought to do for God, get in line and do that which you ought to be doing for God. Uh, and 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 may do it on purpose. Do it on purpose. I witnessed that man to clean table. Not so I could tell you about that. Didn't even think about telling you about it today. I witnessed to him because I needed to witness to it. I went back out the next day, uh, out on the pier there, you know. And uh, this guy, uh, guy, uh, he was. I, as a matter of fact, I sat down right below him in a spot down there fishing, you know. And I went up and spoke to him, talked to him. And uh, as he got ready to leave. He said, "Keep spreading the word. Keep spreading the word." He said. And so he must know the Lord, you know. And I, and I, and I asked him, I said, hey, by the way, I said, what you, he was retired. I said, what do you do for a living? He said, I was a vice president of a bank in Michigan. If I'd have known he'd been vice president of a bank in Michigan, you reckon that had any bearing on me telling him about Jesus? It could. You know, we'd feel like, oh, I can't tell this big guy. He's a vice president of a bank in Michigan. Now, you know, it could, it could, it might not, but it could, you know. And so I was glad I didn't know, you know, didn't know. And so there's some other people I witnessed too out there too, uh, while I was on the pier. When you know it's hard to witness when the fish are biting, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, do you know Jesus? <laughs> you know, you know, and 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 all. But uh, hey, folks, seriously, are you saved today? Are you saved today? Uh, hey, uh, if you're not, you can be. You can be. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for dying on that cross for our sins. And Lord, we're so thankful. That we know you. Other people in other lands don't know you. 
And Lord, you said that we must be saved. It's a must. Every person must be born again to be able to enter the kingdom of God. And Lord, we pray today, if there's one here that's not saved, that we pray today to be that day that they get saved. I also pray for us that know you as Savior today, Lord, that we would get to make a decision today that we're going to live for you, we're going to serve you, we're going to do what we can, what you put before us, that we're going to try our best to do those things that would please you with our life. And Lord, we thank you for helping us today as we've spoken today. But we now we need your Holy Spirit to speak to all of our hearts today. I wonder if while our heads bowed and our eyes are closed, I wonder if there's one in the audience here today that would say, say by lifting your hand, Brother James, I'm not saved. I'm not saved, and I know I need to be saved. Could I see your hand? I'm not saved, but I know I ought to be, and, and I really want to be. Could I see your hand? Could I see your hand? Anywhere, one anywhere, any place. All right, I don't see any hand. You know, I remember myself. It's been many years ago now, back in 1971. Maybe you're here today like I was back in 1971 in the old building there. Brother Lonnie Wilson gave an invitation similar to this back in that day. And he said that day, he said, maybe, maybe you're, you're a little afraid or, uh, or maybe you're a little ashamed to raise your hand. And, uh, but you'd like to be saved. And if you would, he said, would you just pray this prayer and mean it with all your heart? You see, folks, if you don't mean it with all your heart, it'll never show outwardly. Would you just pray this prayer? It's not the prayer that saves you, but it's meaning what you pray. Meaning what you pray. And he said, would you just ask the Lord right now to save you? Just tell him, say, dear Lord, and if that's you today, would you pray this prayer? Mean it. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I know because I'm a sinner, I'm lost and I'm headed to hell. Just like the woman here in, in, in uh, John chapter 4. And I want you to save me today. And I mean it with all my heart. You're my Savior from this day forward. I'm not going to trust being good. I'm not going to trust anything in this world to save me except you. You're my hope. You're my hope. Save me today. If you pray that prayer and you mean it, God will save you. Why put it off any longer? You've been thinking about it. Why put it off any longer? Do it today. As we said before, you don't know what tomorrow brings forth. What about you Christians? Is things alright with you? Are you doing everything you ought to do? We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Think about yourself. How are you going to stand that day? I'm scared. I'll defy with you. I'm scared. But I know this. We got a chance to do something for God while we're still alive. Do something for God while you're still alive. How many of you today be willing to raise your hand, Brother James? I want to do what I can for God while I'm still alive. Can I see your hand? I want to do what I can for God while I'm still alive. Amen. Me too. Me too. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you now for the time we've had today. And, and Lord, we're going to give uh, anyone here an opportunity today to come forward and, and trust you as Savior as they need to today. And Lord, continue to work in each and one of our hearts today that needs to continue to make things right with you as far as living for you after we've been saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you stand, please, we'll, we'll sing a song here together.